banging at Ellis Island. It's Coalfield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Nice, massive day here in Las Vegas on lots of fronts. Adam Candy is with us as uh, we're hanging out here at Ellis Island in the front yard. This is the place to watch if you're not connected or uh, wealthy enough to get into the fortress tonight as the cup is up for grabs. Not really. 3-1 lead for VGK, but if you're not going to go to the fortress, you're not going to hang outside at Toshiba Plaza. I think Steve Aoki's coming out in just a couple minutes. Come down here. Stone's throw away from the strip. Uh, dare I say, you could actually leave here after we watch the game here in the front yard and walk over. Maybe leave a little early. Walk over. It's a little bit of a walk, but walk over to the madness if, if, if. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, Candy. If VGK can win the cup. What's going on, buddy? Adam Candy's with us. What a day, man. What a day. Like, even when we talk about cup and six, the old Bill Foley mantra, did you really think we'd be here and now in this moment right here? on the verge of actually doing this thing? It's pretty uh, insane to think about, even after year one. Yeah, a billion percent no. I, I remember hearing it when he first said it, and I was like, that is one of the more absurd things I've ever heard. This will have to be one of the great success stories in the history of all organized sports. An expansion team winning a cup in six. Well, I mean, they upset the apple cart by getting to a Stanley Cup final in year one. It was a bold prediction at the time, and you know what? You look the way they've built it, you know, with the help of some new expansion rules, but they turned over the roster a lot since, and they still have the core of some of the misfits. It's pretty freaking amazing. So let's get to that in a couple minutes. That's going to be much of the show, Candy. And the juxtaposition, you're more of the wordsmith versus moi, uh, the juxtaposition of VGK potentially winning a cup today while we are waiting for our legislators to take a look, another hard look, at what the A's are asking for to bring Major League Baseball here to Vegas is pretty freaking incredible because we signed up with an unknown in Bill Foley. We eventually found out, I can't remember if we, uh, you know, we we got the team with, with the, the stadium, the arena plan in place or after, whatever it was. You followed all that stuff, so you can correct me on this, but we got a guy who was a billionaire. We got a guy who was bold. And predicting cup in six, you know, playoffs in three. We got a guy who cut a deal with AEG and MGM Grand or MGM Resorts to build an arena themselves. Got some breaks, but, you know, no real public money in the package. And we are about to sign up for an owner who is a proven loser. A franchise, I'm not going to say the A's are a losing franchise because they've been good, but this has been a deliberate stripping down of the organization we're about to potentially bring our third major league sport to town and unlike foley we're going to partner with a guy like john fisher who is asking for the world and it doesn't seem like he's putting a whole lot into the deal himself Not at all. Not even a little bit is what it feels like. I mean, yeah, we there are some out there who are putting the uh, the spin on for them and saying it's an enormous contribution. But we've now had the legislature sitting there for days in a special session trying to swallow something that it appears nobody really wants to swallow. You've got a package that's going to be almost half of what the Raiders got for a team that it seems this city wants far less than the Raiders for a sport that <laughs> yeah. feels this city wants far less than the Raiders. And 
part of the presentation last week, which was really more one of the more insulting things I've ever seen, if you're in the know, was Jeremy Aguero and sort of Steve Hill saying, hey, listen, the A's have no options. The fan support just isn't there. It's a dead deal in Oakland. And everyone was like, here on the ground, who everyone who knows baseball here, and in Oakland, you're like, wait a second. This is not a fan issue. So today, the A's, in a 640 start, are doing a reverse boycott. You want to tell the audience what a reverse boycott is? <laughs> it's actually a stroke of genius is what it is. It's essentially the A's fans are going to come out and be loud and proud. Like, they are going to come out and show just how awesome they truly can be because they've gotten this reputation, right? They've gotten this reputation and saying, oh, well, there are only 2,500 fans out there. Nobody's coming out to the game. Well, yeah, they would if you hadn't, I don't know, told them you were moving and doubled the ticket prices last year alone (laughs) and then put this awful, scummy product on the field in your scummy stadium. So, yeah, they're going to come out and basically show, yeah, you want to talk crap about us? We can show you what we can really do. By the way, I feel terrible saying scummy product because it's really nothing against the players. Although I will say about seven, eight, nine days ago, I was talking about what the A's were doing. And Von Tobel was arguing with me for some reason that they needed to keep tanking. And I'm like, why? They're on the verge of leaving Oakland. The, the, the work of, hey, we're no good and the fans aren't showing up. It's done. Play young guys. And I was going off on guys like Aledmus Diaz, Jace Peterson, Tony Kemp. Right? I'm like, why are you playing 31 to 35-year-olds instead of bringing up guys from the Las Vegas team here, right, from the Aviators? And lo and behold, uh, Peterson, I think, like, the next two games goes 7-9. to nine. This That begins the six-game winning streak. And by the way, you didn't hear this story. I'm sure the audience has. For those who haven't, with the A's, I was talking to our good buddy Tony Miller down at the Golden Nugget, and he was like, Cofield, he's like, we're getting killed. The run line against the A's. They're printing money. They're printing money. I'm like, you know, I like to print money. Let me get in on this. Let's go. So for six straight games, money line the other way. Yeah. So I think the the baseball gods or the the god of the A's heard it, and they're like, okay, mother blanker, here you go. Six straight losses. Enjoy your sportsbook account, dude. I love the fact that pretty much as soon as the special session started was when the A's went on this winning streak. Exactly. Exactly. The the A's, you know, they're they're like, you know, I know you don't think much of us Nevada state legislators, but uh, we got a little, we all spunk. We all fight. We we got a little moxie to us. I mean, last night they're playing the Rays. It's scoreless going to the fourth. They take a 3-0 lead. They get it to 4-0. I'm like, seriously, they're going to beat the best team in baseball here? They give up a three-run jack, uh, who is a Caprellian, gives up a three-run jack. It's 4-3, and you're like, all right, here comes the bullpen. While the Chuck comes in, he's got like a 90 RA. I'm like, okay, I'm good to go. Nope. They were good from there. Uh, but it's been an amazing deal, and the reverse boycott today. So what the fans have done is they're trying to get as many people out to the game. I think as of last night, they had 22,000 tickets sold. They have they basically crowdsourced, and they got enough money to have 7,000 giveaway t-shirts. They've told everyone else, because you know they're going to go north of 22,000, hey, wear Kelly Green t-shirts, because they've got 7,000, so they want everyone to wear green. I think, because of all the, uh, of all the tarpage now at whatever it's called, the Coliseum, 
the place only holds 32,000. So how awesome would it be if they get 32,000 tonight and, you know, we're just days away from Jeremy Aguero saying, well, the fans just don't support them. Uh, I believe it's still called Ring Central in the deal that uh, hmm. got the former manager of the Coliseum a felony charge for taking a bribe uh, because why should anything be simple when it comes to that stadium? Look, I, I have some good friends who live in Alameda and they love going to the game. They've been taking their kids since he was little. They are dedicated fans and they're not the only ones up there. There are people who have lived and breathed this team, but you can only have a dump taken in your mouth so many times before you start throwing up and Yikes. saying, you know, I think I'll stay home tonight. <laughs> Quite the analogy, a dump in your mouth. And then it takes a little while to go, you know, not tonight. Yeah. I'm finally yeah, going to stay you know, home. I, I think I'm going to stay home tonight. I don't think <laughs> the, I need this one. I, the, I, I, the, I, think I, can, uh, I think I can do without paying to have this done to me. The S sandwich. All right, so all of that is going on. Uh, the Senate looked at the deal today. The Assembly is coming up. We got a lot to get into this with this. We'll hit it in the 4 o'clock hour. But, again, I always say once we get into the A's, I got to get the hell out of it because we got such a special day potentially on the way here with the Knights. Five o'clock start over on Fox Sports thirteen forty and ninety eight nine FM. Uh, Four o'clock pregame with the RTHE Ryan, the hockey guy. We had an NBA final last night, the final uh, game of the finals, right? The Nuggets clinch it, and it's one of the crazier set of narratives coming out of the finals. I mean, you get the typical, "Hey, how good is this team? Can they win multiple titles?" That's we can address that down the road. But the guy who helped them win it first and foremost is. Jokic and the social media chatter last night was crazy based on his reaction because he's just like, yeah, job is done. Time to go home. They tell him about the parade after the game and he's like, ugh, I got to go home. I've never seen anyone react to a title like this guy, is there something wrong with me that I want something else? Or should I just accept that some people are like this? Some people don't get super fired up. For some, it's work accomplished. And let's get back to real life. And we don't need to you know, seek out chicks that night to doink on the side on your wife. Uh, you know, I won. Job well done. I'll throw one of my teammates in a pool. And uh, that's about it. I'm out for the parade. Thank you. You know, man, it's pretty much the same thing that Nikola Jokic, the player, gave you as Nikola Jokic, the championship celebrator, right? I mean, he's got the game that we yeah. talk about. He's not an athletic game. He's seven feet of jiggle. He's just out there jiggling <laughs> his dad bot around the court, smarter than everybody else, and knows how to use it to his advantage. He can back you down the same way dad would in the driveway. He's taller than everybody, so he can just look over everybody and use his smarts to find the passes. But the man basically doesn't jump and still somehow is the best player in the finals. And yet, at the same time, he doesn't really celebrate on the court. He didn't really celebrate off the court. And if you have a problem with that, then mm, I don't know that you really appreciate what Nikola Jokic brings in the first place. But if you're also on the flip side, if you're going to be out there and if you're going to be saying, oh, this is how you're supposed to do it. The humility of a Nikola Jokic. He doesn't do all of the celebrating, the taking your shirt off, the this and the that. Don't tell on yourself. 
don't be out there telling on yourself. You're the same person who doesn't like backflips. You're the same person who doesn't want people to express their emotions. It can just be what it is without being a greater symbol of anything else. And all it is is a symbol of Nikola Jokic, the dad, just wants to go home. Like every dad who's out there right now in the summer, he just wants to go home. I'll ask both of you guys another angle on this. First, Amon. And Devon's in today. Adam Candy's in. It's Cofield, Ellis Island. We're in the front yard. We're going to be watching the game. John Von Tobel's here later on to host the party. So come on down. You wear your VGK gear. You get a free beer. Uh, there is a giveaway for a Jack Daniels-branded Vegas Golden Knights jersey. There's also free shots every time the Golden Knights score. That's pretty cool. Devon, you're a young guy, so I want to hear if, if, if you think back, and maybe this happens when you get a little older, right? Have you had a, a like a big victory, a big event, turn in the corner, something good happened, and you look back and you go, man, I really didn't appreciate that. Because I wonder if Jokic will look back, or this is just his personality, I wonder if he'll look back in 20 years and go, man, now that I see myself on video, uh, and I realize how hard it was to win another title, and I didn't win any, I wonder if he's going to have any regrets. Damon, you have a moment where you're like, boy, oh boy, I didn't appreciate that enough. Ooh, I, I like to think that I'm very appreciative of everything, but I probably the most recent example would be Super Bowl just a couple of months ago. For a first time <laughs> at the Super Bowl, Radio Row. And then it was like, man, I can't wait to get home. I mean, all right, Super Bowl this, Super Bowl that. <laughs> let, me get, let, me, let, me, let me get home. So maybe I'll look back and be like, that was such a fun run being at the Super Bowl for the first time. If I, yeah, if I get like, you know, hopefully five or ten more under my belt. But that first one, it was like, all right, that was cool. Candy, I probably have hundreds I could name. And I'm not saying I'm equal to Jokic, like a low-key guy. I just, I, ah, in a way, you know what, I do kind of operate like, hey, it's work, it's cool, but I probably should have gotten annihilated or high on every road trip I've ever been on. Uh, if I didn't have a woman, tried to womanize on every trip I've been on. Like, really enjoy it. Because as you get older, you're like, man, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go on, you know, another 300 road trips to go cover something or be at an event. Like, I, I covered a lot of big fights. And as a media person, sometimes you try to mute your reaction as you're covering special events, and then you're like, man, that was pretty cool. I forgot all about that. Maybe I didn't take in that event the way I should have. Anything for you, Candy? Spill the beans. The confessional. I, I kind of feel like you're just giving the SO all sorts of things to worry about. <laughs> that, like, one day... On one of these UNLV road trips, no, you're just no. gonna crack, no. and all of a sudden, you're going to be you're going to be chasing every piece of tail in San Diego no, no, no. on a road trip, as as could be imagined. No. You're going to be slamming edibles on the team plane, <laughs> like it's gonna be an absolute party. Because at some point, you just cracked, and you were like, you know what? I never had the chance. Yeah. It's my time. It's time for Cofield Unleashed. <laughs> Cofield and Company. No, it's time for Cofield, the man. By, by the way, that was a re I really opened the window into a lot there, because my examples could have been, man, all those nice cities I went to, I could have done a lot of good sightseeing and taken more pictures. <laughs> but you didn't. <laughs> no. But you didn't. You said you I could have gotten you, you high. You expressed the need to get annihilated uh, and chase all of the ladies. Uh, I love it. By the, by the way, is so, can someone come over the top on me and go, "You womanize? Let's relax." This is this is uh, this is uh, dude thirty years after high school flexing about like how good he was as a high school athlete. Like, 
that's not the same Cofield I remember in pictures that I saw from 25 years ago. You're a troll now, and you're always a troll. So take that goal away. How about that? But I do wonder if, if Jokic, or if he, he's just a baseline guy all the time, or if he's going to look back and go, man, you know what, maybe I should have said, yes, I'm looking forward to the parade. I would hope he kind of gets amped up and someone talks to him. But, hey, you know what? He is from a different part of the world, and it's not to say that all Serbians are the same. Um, you know, some regions of the world do live different lives and have appreciation for different things, and what they're appreciative of can just be kind of a bottom-line deal. I'm making a lot of money. I'm achieving at what my profession is. I want a title. Hey, that's what I'm supposed to do. I wish you good fortune in the wars to come. And now it begins. No. Now it ends. The Golden Knights have won it 3-2 and lead the Stanley Cup Final three games to one. Now back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas, live at Ellis Island Casino. Well, we were talking about Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. Uh, Jokic especially, maybe not enjoying the moment as much as he should, but hey, we're not to judge, right? Um, I think tonight will be crazy. By the way, Damon, on the way back, we get Game of Thrones. What was the reference? Um, a battle with Ned Stark and Sir Arthur Dane where he says, you know, I wish you good fortune in the wars to come. And he said, now it begins. No, now it ends. Ooh. And that's the okay. serious okay. tonight. Okay. Is that a message to the Panthers? Yeah, it ends tonight. Really? You're willing to jinx this whole thing? Unbelievable! I didn't wear my jersey for no reason today. Oh, is that right? Um, is it a DeMond jersey? Are you, are you one of the uh, cats who goes out there and gets your name on the back of a jersey? No, but you guys probably are going to cringe even more. This is a signed Mark Stone jersey. Autographed. Wow. Autographed, yeah. Okay. But I'm not Candy, like a display guy, so, you know. Candy, you lean forward. I assume you have a uh, customized Devils jersey with Candy on the back? You know the one jersey I have that actually has my name on it was back in the day when we had the Las Vegas Gladiators arena football team. <laughs> they gave me a candy jersey that I still carry around because I feel like like there's going to be an occasion for it. Hasn't yeah. really happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. But I know there's, there's the day's coming. Yeah, our buddy JT the Brick over on Radio Nation Radio 920, who started off the uh, festivities. I kind of continued the festivities after a lot of hockey talk this morning on uh, on the press box. But uh, JT, you can see his picture up on uh, his Twitter handle, at JT the Brick. He's got a I, – I, that thing must be like a 5X. He's got like a 5X customized JT the Brick VGK jersey. So he's very proud of that. I have never – one, you know that I'm cheap. So if I've ever bought an, uh, bought an, if I've ever bought a jersey, it's for someone else. Um, I am off the rack, probably gone from the team jersey guy. I think I've mentioned before I have lots of '90s, 2000, and 2010s uh, Yankee jerseys. There's some classics in there. They are tattered and beaten. I think I had I think I had a few stolen on a move too. I packed everything Stolen. in bags. Oh, yeah. I think I packed everything in bags. I lived in Charlotte for a little bit, doing radio in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I think some lucky SOB grabbed uh, some of my Yankee jerseys, so Bernie Williams went bye-bye. Which makes me very sad because he was one of my favorite players. So, But that's all, I will, that's all I will invest in. If I get a jersey, like I think I have, I think I have a Mattingly. I think, I, yeah, exactly. I have a Jabba Chamberlain and someone else who was gone from the team for like two years. 
at like 90% off, but I will not buy current players. So good for okay. you. Good for good for Demon getting a current player and having it signed. Mm. Mm. So someone stole your Carl Pavano is what you're telling me. Uh, but <laughs> more importantly, more importantly, you're telling me that there is some mover somewhere in Charlotte no, no. who got a load of Steve Cofield. Not a mover. And said, this GQ mofo yeah. is not getting all his clothes back. Like, I'm, if there's anyone whose wardrobe I need to bite, yes. I need to bite Steve Cofield's wardrobe, yes. and I am going to go out there looking like a radio host. I think, I'm, I think I may have been under 200 pounds then. It was about 20 years ago. And no mover. I just said I'm cheap. You think I would have a mover move me cross country? No. So who, I, wait, I, so who I, took it? I, I think someone in the apartment complex, I had, a, I had a moving truck, which, by the way, I had a moving truck. And I got a trailer and drove. You'll love this one. This is this is Jersey through and through. Um, dragged my Camaro across country, and I think <laughs> I I think I left. I no, I did. While I was taking a king mattress up the stairs, and I was struggling with it and cussing everything on earth that I knew as I was like contorting and trying to hold it and squeeze it. I think it took so long that someone swiped a bag off the back of the truck. I still remember that. I love I love the dual flex in there of <laughs> I had a king mattress and I had a Camaro yeah. both at the same time. Oh, you see, Demond, here's what's happening. Remember how in the last segment he was like, "Well, no one's gonna come over the top on me about the ladies." Now he's trying to flex. I am. Now he's like, "Hey, ladies, you want to get down with this? You can get in the passenger seat of the Camaro and you can be on your own side of the king bed." See why we get so wild. Just, just storytelling. Just story, just storytelling. Oh yeah, just a, just a little storytelling. Just happens to, just happens to be about the Camaro. Just happens to be about uh, how you were Jersey uh, strong, buddy. Ah, uh, ah, uh, the T tops, which by the way are some of the worst things ever. I think I took them off oh like my. four times. What a giant oh pain in the ass! Too oh cheap dear. to get the convertible, the T tops. Mm, that's yeah. no good. That was a rough that's, trip. That's rough terrible. Trip. Got a flat tire on the trailer in Arizona on the way out. Almost didn't go. The dream could have died right there. It was almost over. Demond's laughing. Wow, <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean that this this reminds me of uh, you know like talking about the Heat and the fact that they almost didn't get out of the play-in round, right? Like they lost yeah. to Atlanta and they almost didn't beat Chicago and then they ended up in the NBA Finals. Like they basically they got a flat in Arizona and somehow ended up in the finals. You got you really are you really are a success story against Thank all you. odds. Against very many odds, yes. Look at the Knights. Knights, same thing. There it is. I mean, multiple coaches, goalies. Uh, you know, I, I feel and I feel bad for the other side. But do we have an update yet on Matthew Kachuk? I'm rooting for him. I hope he plays tonight. You know, I know he's not healthy, but I'd like to see him play tonight. Yeah. Uh, as Demond was saying earlier, maybe at least you know, be in the handshake line, watch the other team win the cup. That'll be nice for Kachuk. It's been amazing for whether it's Matthew Kachuk or. It, it, whether it's Darnell Nurse or whether it's you know anybody else that has gotten roundly pissed off by the Golden Knights, it really has been fun to watch the Golden Knights frustrate the hell out of every opponent that they've played against here in the Stanley Cup playoffs because it has happened in damn near every round, with the exception of Winnipeg, who I think Winnipeg kind of accepted right from the jump, like after they won game one, like, ah, we really shouldn't be here. But everybody else, the Golden Knights have frustrated into some level of buffoonery. Coming up, let's talk about how the city may celebrate tonight if the Knights can close this out, if 
they can win a cup and, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Even before they potentially win a cup, we'll try to rank this in the history of Vegas sports. We can do that. Yep, Ellis Island Casino, Hotel and Brewery. Brewery open since 1998. Come on down. We're watching the game here. JVT will be on the scene hosting the party. We've got lots of prizes. Jay Leno tickets. We'll have tickets later on for lots of later in the evening for uh, lots of other shows. Tons of t-shirts, some uh, VGK swag as well. Demond's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Candy is here as well. It's Cofield in the front yard. And again, if you're going to come down at 5 o'clock, you know the strip is going to be a little bit messy. And um, This is under construction here, but it's certainly not the strip in terms of F1 and Hell, uh, you can be in the area, Candy, watch the game, and towards the end of the game, if you want to walk, it's a little bit of a walk, but walk over, right, to Toshiba. If they win, it's going to be raucous over there. And I'll, the other thing I advise, if you have a chance to come down here, I cannot believe what they've done with the $240 million property that F1 bought. It is crazy how big their building is and the paddock is like I never imagined they were going to be uh, build something that big and this quickly so F1 is going to be one of the great moments in Vegas history this track they've laid out and then bleachers everywhere is going to be tremendous it will not rank with a Stanley Cup for our six-year-old franchise does tonight break all barriers is it the biggest thing a Vegas sports team will have ever done in Sin City. If you moved here after 1990, you might say yes. And I understand that. And I can't argue with you if you're someone who came to Vegas in the last 30 plus years. But as someone who was here for UNLV winning the national championship, if you are with me in that crowd, you know that that's the biggest moment this city will ever have because there was so much involved in that. There was decades of the fight that led up to that moment for UNLV, for Jerry Tarkanian, for the, for the entire university and the athletic program. I don't know that anything will ever mean to Vegas what that moment meant because it was all about the Vegas image and the Tarkanian image and everything that was being fought against for all those years. Yep. And it came home with Larry Johnson, with Greg Anthony, with Stacey Hoffman and Anderson Hunt, and on and on and on. This is amazing. And if the Golden Knights get it done tonight, it is a clear 1B for me because this story couldn't have been written. But you have to have been here to know what that championship for Tark meant. To the city. Come on. Well, as being one of those people who wasn't even alive in 1990 <laughs> and is definitely moving. Hey, no, 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 no. Nobody needed that. Nobody needed all that. It could, that. That could have been said so differently without all of the damage. So I'm going to say this would be bigger, yeah. mainly. And also, what about that jump between professional and collegiate? D does that not matter at all? No. No? no? I mean, if it were. Not to insult the Olympic sports, but, you know, if it were a volleyball national title, it's a little bit different. I, I wasn't here. I got here in 96, but I was a, not even going to say a child. I was 18 and 20-something. Year I was born, uh, I was a baby. Of UNLV, 
And, you know, since I've been here so long, I've had a chance to talk to so many people and then watch documentaries. And what Candy's talking about, I'm down with. But I totally get that people who weren't here aren't going to get how significant it was because it really did rep Vegas. While VGK is really cool, an expansion team, you know, it's homegrown. Uh, we've got our own owner who's, like, hyper-aggressive. UNLV and Tark repped Vegas. And I've lived through, even though I got here a little bit later, I've lived through what Vegas has been and all the accomplishments and breaking barriers and basically sending the message to people that we are, you know, a city that has multiple things going on. We're not just Sin City. We're not just renegades. We're not going to just push against the rules. Like we have normal people here. You can live a normal life. But a lot of people around the country for the longest time, especially those who ran sports, thought we were all scumbags and thought this was an evil place and a place that people can't control themselves. And Tark said, F you. And we bought ourselves to the table. I mean, I'll admit it, just like teams are buying themselves to the table now. We bought ourselves to the table, and I wasn't here. But again, Tark and the people in town. And think about it. It was also a town at the time, Candy, that was probably, what, maybe 500,000? We are the most significant group of five national title that's ever existed. I mean, what do you want to go back to San Francisco with Bill Russell, right? And Casey Jones? Um, I mean, this is in the modern era that we as a city did that. I'm not saying we UNLV or we VGK, but I will say we as a city did that. That's why it is uh, the most significant championship the city has ever won. And this will be right there. And on a scale, because we now have 2.2 or 2.3 million people, it's going to be amazing. And the funny thing is, we are still a relatively small city. So we're going to have to grow into this. But no, I mean, it's they're both incredible accomplishments. But because of the years, they represent something a little bit different. And I'll always have a special place in my heart for what happened with October 1st and the Knights coming in and what that means to a lot of people now and that's its own version of special yeah we're hanging out in the front yard if you haven't been here spectacular build out right in front of ellis island gonna be a hot spot for f1 it's a hot spot tonight for game five of the stanley cup finals what a big week around las vegas we were just talking about the history of vegas and where this will rank as a championship in the history of vegas and we're comparing and contrasting to the runner rebels winning the national championship some uh, 30 plus years ago. Well, we also got the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony going down on Friday at the DLC in Henderson. And one of the guys going in is a good friend of the show, a good friend off of the show as well as Adam Candy's here at Cofield and Kevin Higgins, UNLV bat, uh, baseball coach and also a uh, great, great baseball player himself is up with us. He's going into the hall. Higgy, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How you doing, Steve? We're good. Adam Candy's here as well. This is a perfect time to get you on, and I want to talk about your baseball career and what you guys have produced as coaches at UNLV. But first, I wanted your perspective on the Golden Knights potentially winning the Cup. You know, you've been around Vegas forever. And listen, you know about the history, being at the school, of the running Rebels and just how amazing that was when you look back on it, winning a national title as a technically a group of five school. What are your memories of that national title and what it meant for the city, you know, versus what we've got now? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I actually got here in 90, so it was uh, it was a special time. Never been to Vegas before, but uh, that was a special time, uh, first time here. Uh, but this is something different. I mean, the Knights are ours. Um, you know, the Misfits, and they showed up, and we're getting ready for a viewing party right now, and uh, we've been watching them every every game that they've played. They came at a perfect time. Uh, they won early, 
with October one, it was a you know it was a tough time, but uh, they kind of uh, led the whole the whole uh, town through uh, good times. Kevin, deep deep question. I'm not even sure if you want to talk about it. it might not even be accurate. Were you were you out there at the concert on one October? Yes. Okay. So I mean that's yes. that's another next level connection that that I don't have so you i'm sure you really remember you know what happened and then the aftermath and just how emotional it was to have the knights you know come right out there and try to pick up the city yeah no it was uh, like i said it was a tough time but uh they came around at the right time i think opening day was five days after um they beat dallas i want to say um but yeah kind of healed the healed the town a little bit but it was uh yeah tough time but they came in at the right time and like i said it was really it was ours i mean back from the stars 51s, and that was it. Kevin Higgins with us going into the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, really good minor league player, great, great college player at Arizona State. Has been a coach around UNLV for more than a, a decade. Uh, one last thing on the Knights. Can you make a connection as a baseball player, a baseball coach to hockey and the style of the game and some of these players on this VGK team? Yeah, well, they're a lot tougher than we were. I mean, <laughs> we we. <laughs> We played a lot more games, but uh, I couldn't imagine getting hit and doing the things that they do on the ice. I mean, I can't escape, but uh, no, it's fun to watch, but I think just the tenacity, the way they come together and and uh, form a group of guys that just uh, want to go out there and get after it is kind of similar, but uh, it's a lot different. They're Like I said, they're a lot tougher than we are. Wait a second. You're being humble, uh, a little bit self-deprecating here. Uh, tell people, you you played a lot of catcher, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, so I got hit in the shin a couple times. I never got boarded. Okay. <laughs> I never had to fight. Yeah, you know, even with the even with the big cup on, getting hit in the nuts or, you know, taking foul balls off the hand or freaking foul foul ball straight back off the face. That hurts. Yeah, Steve, I'll tell you the truth. I, I never wore a cup. No! I caught without a cup. And what? I played I played every position what? without a cup. I just I couldn't do it. And and thank God it you know, I have four kids to this day, but uh, yeah. yeah, thank God it never hurt me. But that's that's that was that was my transition. I'm like, you still had kids? What are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, I just it wasn't comfortable. Well, I know it was. I mean, I didn't play high level <laughs> baseball. I didn't like it either. But I played a little bit of catcher at like 12. I wasn't. You know, even then, I'm like, I'm not I'm not going to destroy the jewels here. That hurts. All right, you see, see how tough, see how tough he is. He's talking about getting boarded. The guys playing catcher without wearing a cup. You're freaking crazy. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, Kevin Higgins with us. He's going into the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame on Friday. Um, first of all, let's talk about your college career because you actually, you didn't have the easiest path to get to Arizona State. So what was the, the, the path? What, a little bit of JUCO? And then how did you actually land at Arizona State? Yeah, it was just JUCO and got fortunate enough, had a, had a decent career. Uh, you know, I was telling JT earlier, I, I, I wasn't ready mentally. I wasn't ready academically. So, uh. The JUCO route was the best route. I really learned how to play the game there with my coach OB, and and uh, got fortunate enough to be recruited by Arizona State, and everything kind of just worked out. Tell people how good you guys were. We were sixty-three and eleven. <laughs> okay. uh, we were number one in the country, and uh, we lost the final game though, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> wow, that's interesting because we were at, we were having a discussion earlier about kind of appreciating things in life as they happen and i don't know if you watched nicole Jokic last night when the nuggets won he was like all right time to go home and i'm like yeah he might down the road look at that and say you know what? maybe i should have appreciated it more um that kevin that's a big deal to be the number one team in the country and falling just short 
Um, I mean, do you still do you still hold on to that? You just let it go. I mean, that's that's an incredible yeah. accomplishment to be the to even be the runner up after a magical season. No, I mean it, it's fun, but I mean you play to win the last game, and okay. uh, especially when you're supposed to win the last game, and uh, it didn't work out. But I mean, hold on to it. No, I mean had a great time there, and uh, still have some great friends from that club. But it just happens. I mean, you kind of you just got to keep moving on. That's sports. You're going to lose. You're going to win, and you just keep going. What was your trek through the minors? Uh, it was a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, luckily got here early, got to Vegas early in AAA, and then uh, spent quite a few years here before I got a chance to play up there. But, you know, like I said, I, I had no business playing up there. I fortunate enough to have almost 200 bats in the big leagues. But, yeah, it's uh, you get lucky. A lot of times you're lucky. I'm not Bryce Harper. I'm not even Bryson Stott. I mean, not even close, but uh, got lucky, right place, right time. Did enough enough things to get me there, but yeah, it was fun. By the way, you played with Pat Listach at ASU, right? Yeah. What was that like as you watched him you know, explode into the majors and eventually win? Uh, was he the 89 Rookie of the Year, something like that? He was uh, maybe a little, maybe a 90. Work. I think he 90, stole okay. 72 bases for the Brewers, yeah. Incredible. Um, yeah, he was our shortstop and our leadoff hitter. He was my double play partner. I think we, we did lead the country in double plays that year. Nice, nice. What was your history with Bruce Bochy? Well, Bochy was my, my first manager in Spokane. Um, my first year I got drafted, it was his first year managing. So I spent uh, three years with Bochy, and then he was our third base coach in San Diego. So still got a good relationship with him and still talk to him quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's the absolute best. And you knew right off the bat that he was going to be a special one. Kevin Higgins with us, UNLV baseball coach, one of the assistants, a former major leaguer, longtime member of the Las Vegas Stars, an All-American at Arizona State. He's going into the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Um, I've been on the road with you a couple of times. We mixed it up. We can have a good time. Um, yeah. We can stay out, we can stay out late. Um, I got a couple of tips on you from uh, someone. I'm not going to say who. I don't know. I don't reveal my sources. Did you not have a curfew around Bochi? No. What's the no, deal with that? Boach was from the word go. He's going to treat you like a man if you acted like a man. And if you showed up and played, he didn't. There was no rules. Um, so, and if you didn't, then, uh, yeah, we heard about it a couple times. But, yeah, yeah, for the most part, he was just, uh, yeah, he treated you, like a, treated you like a grown-up, and he expected you to act like one. When you were with the Stars, I know you were pretty versatile. Did you actually play every position in one game? Yes. How did that go? Um, it actually, it was a really good game. I mean, I actually yeah. had a really good game. But, you know, when you play, it's kind of like what they say, right? If, if you got three quarterbacks, you don't have one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, kind of, uh, it's kind of the same thing there. It wasn't really good enough at any one, but could do enough decent to, to stay around. I mean, I'm not going to insult you because you're a great baseball player. You're an All-American. You played high-level AAA baseball. You played in the majors. Was there a position, though, where you got out there and you're like, yeah, I don't really love this too much. I want to get the hell out of here soon. Um, actually, no, because yeah. once I went from second base in college and then, and then went behind the plate because they informed me we had a guy named Roberto Alomar at second base in San Diego. So I said, okay, yeah, I'll try this catcher thing. And then I had a guy named Benito Santiago there. So I just had to wait my turn, but... Uh, no, once you catch, nothing scares you anymore. Uh, what was it like as you're catching at times, but also being around Benito Santiago in terms of like 
Wow, the skill set on that guy. Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, they moved me to catcher the first time in 90. It was my first big league camp. And uh, came from second base, never put on a gear before. And I was throwing in the, in the short field with Sandy Alomar Jr. and Benito wow. Santiago, which two of the top ten arms that ever played. And uh, I was throwing double play balls, little loop on them this, to second base. And, yeah. yeah, they let me know about it a little bit. But I'm sure. Did, they, did you guys ever clock Benito Santiago just throwing a pitch? No. No, I mean, but I, I, mean, I would I, imagine he, he was probably 95, 96 easy. Right? You'd have to think so. All right, <laughs> now, the other great thing about your career, aside from playing, has been coaching, and that include coaching at CSN. I mean, everyone knew Bryce Harper was good. When you really got your hands on him and you guys got to work with him you know, for a short time on the collegiate level, what was that like? Um, it was. It, it's one of those things you'll never forget because – you know, I've known I've known Ronnie and, and Sherry for years. We play, used to play softball with Ronnie, so no Bryce since he was little. But to do that and what he did at 16 years old was, uh, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there's there's a reason he is what he is, and uh, yeah, it's it was super special and fun to be around. And we just tried to put the brakes on him because he just played he played so hard all the time, and we were just trying to tell him that hey, you got to slow down just a tad. Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony is coming up on Friday at the DLC. We'll have all the uh, charity information as they do a silent auction. You can go get uh, early info right now at snshf.com. Kevin Higgins is with us. He's uh, currently an assistant coach with UNLV Baseball. Connor Fields is going in. The Speedway is going in. Karen White's. Uh, Kenny Gwynn is being honored. And Lon Kruger is going in as well. Uh, we'll close on this. All the years you've worked at UNLV, you guys have had a lot of players drafted. You've had some immense success stories. Guys reaching the majors doesn't even mean they got drafted. But who is there a player you got to work with where you're like, man, we really took this guy from a you know pretty decent player, or I had some doubts in him, but now I'm really proud in how he turned out. Um, you know what? No, I don't think we did anything that was going to you know stem the trajectory of some of these guys, uh, but. Yeah, to see Bryson and Dean Kramer and Kyle Isbell and these guys go to the big leagues, it's uh, it's Eddie, obviously. Um, It's special, but they they worked their tail off, and they had the talent, and they got there. Who's presenting for you on Friday, or is that a big secret? Um, I don't think – we don't have presenters anymore. That's a good point. They do the videos, right? Yeah, they just do the videos now, so there's no presenter. But uh, if I had to have a presenter, it would probably be Logan. Okay, Don Logan. Donnie's been my guy for years, yeah. Well, congrats on this. It's a great honor. We'll see you out there on Friday, and we appreciate a couple minutes today. Sounds good. I appreciate you guys. Of course. There he is, Kevin Higgins, UNLV assistant baseball coach. He's going into the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Really cool to get a chance to talk to him. Four o'clock hours on the way. It's brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada at 766-1400. We're going to roll on. We're going to roll right into the beginning of the game, and in the first period, John Von Tobel is going to be here on the scene for ESPN Las Vegas, giving away prizes. The front yard, right in front of Ellis Island, spectacular venue. Get on down here. Make sure you get your seat early. Ellis Island on this night where the Cup could be coming, or actually staying in Vegas.